I was like, I'm going to go apply. So I applied, got hired on the spot. And uh, from then there, it was just like, I fell in love with hospitality. Uh, you know, I never knew what I wanted to do growing up. I always like, was like, I'm going to be a firefighter. I'm going to be a counselor. I'm going to be a, a pastor at one point, you know, like I, I went all these different routes and then finally getting into hotels was like, holy crap, like this is it. Hospitality is where I want to be. Um, so I stayed with that company for a couple of years, worked my way up, got to really know the, the brand standards and how, you know, hotels kind of function and operate. And then, um, I wanted to learn more. I want, but at that big of a scale of a property, it was hard to get one-on-one mentorship, especially at a young age and at such a huge, busy property where everyone's having to move. Um, so I went to the Oregon coast, managed the independent properties and got to learn like more one-on-one stuff. And, uh, to answer your question, that kind of helped me because my parents were starting their first short-term rental because they had a investment property that they wanted to make money off of. And I was like, oh, this is like a one-room hotel. Why don't I just teach you guys like what we do here and you supply it to this? So they did. And it ended up really working out really good for them. And they still make a lot of good money. Out of it. What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What is up, E? My brother, so good to see you. So good to see our guest. I'm super excited. We've been trying to get him on here for a while. He's been very hard to get on. Um, so I'm super excited to hear everything that he has going on. I thought I muted my phone. I did, but I still rang. Uh, but anyways... Um, life is good. I got my COVID vaccine a couple of days ago. Um, love it or hate it. I just want to go home this summer and it's going to be easier for me to fly all the way back to Europe with the vaccine. Um, so I've been a big baby for the past two days because my arm hurts by like how deep they go in there with the, <laughs> with the needle. But other than that, man, feeling good. Um, did you get the one shot or two shots? Two shots with the Pfizer one. So I'm going to have to go back. Um, but I kind of got the first one that came. Um, and then as you guys know, hired an executive assistant last week and, uh, I just been making videos. I've made so many videos and, and if, if any of you guys have the big vision and you're going to have an assistant later down the road, start making videos now. Cause I've always had the big vision and, and I know Mike for a very long time. And he always, always told me document your stuff, make videos, make training videos. I never did it. And now I've literally been spending my days just making videos of all of our system and procedures. Um, so it's very exciting, um, but also it's, it's hard to put into video all of the things that you've done for so long and actually be like, how do I create a system? Like how, how is this, how is somebody that doesn't know my brain gonna know how to do this, right? So it has been, has been a lot of fun, um, but yeah, how are you, how, how are you? I'm good, man. I got, I got my first COVID shot last week too. And same thing. 
My wife always messes with me. She's like, you're like the stereotypical dude with like man flu. She's like, oh my God, you can't move your arm. Like, meanwhile, she just had like six stitches in her leg and like couldn't do stairs for two weeks. And I'm like complaining about a shot I got in my arm. Dude, so. yeah, it's it's a real thing. Like we're we're all big babies. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, my arm hurts so bad. And Tasha got it yesterday. And she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. And I'm like, I'm I am not fine. Women are way tougher than men. I'll just leave it yeah, at that. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. So, but that's funny. But yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm excited. We're we're moving forward, getting the uh, the new hotel built out. We got a bunch of orders coming through. I was just up in Rockport earlier. We're redoing. We're expanding the deck and redoing it in all new decking and. Kristen's been trying to get us to redo the railings for those nice wire railings for ever. And I think she finally won this morning and we just caved and said, screw it, let's do it. <laughs> Cause it's going to look so amazing when it's done, but yeah. expanding right. the deck, adding in a, a bar, we got the liquor license. So we're adding a bar top around the outer perimeter. It's going to look unbelievable and decided to do that. What's that pattern where it's like V shaped, like with the, with the decking. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, herringbone like a herringbone pattern like for the bar area it's gonna look sick i can't wait to post some pictures of it when it's done hopefully it's got to be done by the end of the monday or tuesday because we got guests checking in wednesday so they got to get a move on oh you're but, you're uh, so you're reopening the cove already yeah on wednesday next week i think wednesday whatever the 15th is i think it's wednesday yeah and then you're gonna get open, open for the season yeah yep then we're open for the season Oh, that's so exciting. We're already, we're already bumping, man. We're, we're filling up pretty quick. Reservations are flowing in. Um, yeah. Like, it's awesome. So anyway, I want to get to today's guest because uh, he's a buddy of ours. As he likes to throw digs while we're live. I love it. Just calling him out. We've been trying to get him on here for a while, but he's a busy dude. Um, so today we've got Will Slickers from Hospitality Talks and uh, Slick Talk, right? You got two of them now, right, buddy? Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Slick Talk the Hospitality Podcast, and then we got Good Morning Hospitality. So yeah, so it gets a little, yeah. He's got a lot it's of a chaotic. fire. So he, he brings a new perspective to tourism, hospitality, and service. Uh, he lives by the concept of exceeding expectations and creating destinations. While running his network of podcasts, he's also an, an advisor for other hospitality brands like Treehouse, Glamping Companies, uh, based in California, and much more. We got his, He got to start by working for a Marriott autograph collection with over 700 rooms as a four diamond property and even moved in on to managing an all suite hotel on the Oregon coast before taking the leap into full-time self-employment and entrepreneurship. So without further ado, Mr. Will Slicker is welcome to the show, my man. Thanks for having me on guys. And uh, sorry, it took so long for me to complete that, that booking for the show. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, it's, we'll like, publicly shame you. No problem. On <laughs> yeah, I welcome it. I welcome it. Sometimes like as a podcaster, as so like you get so into the groove of things and then you forget like to do other things. And yeah, so I feel it. I'm sorry, but glad to be here. You guys are awesome. I love tuning in when I can as I'm working and, and seeing the, everything. Of course, we bump into uh, each other on Clubhouse. So it's always good. Always good. Yes. Yes. So why don't you tell everybody, so you started <clears throat> working in a larger property, kind of walk us through your journey on how that transitioned to short-term rentals and all this hotel consulting yeah. stuff and maybe your new venture with Adam, like all this cool stuff you got going on. For sure. Yeah, no, it, it kind of started out as like an accident. 
Um, I had a show for an event company. I was really young, thought I was uh, creating something really cool because I couldn't find a job. So I was like, screw it. I got this like car. I make a monthly payments on it. Might as well make it uh, make money for me. And uh, that was prior to Uber becoming really popular. And um, so about a year in, Uber did become really popular, especially in the city I was in. And um, I just had too much overhead. I couldn't compete. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I didn't have any system. I didn't have um, any like way of doing accounting and making sure that cash flow was positive and marketing and all the legal stuff behind it. It was just a lot. So uh, I, I closed it a year uh, later the day I opened it. So pretty much on the year I, yeah, the day I opened is a year later I, I closed it. Um, but I remember picking up some really high classy suit and tie guests at this Marriott property and uh, just loved the ambiance of like that Ford diamond luxury uh, property. It just felt and looked really cool. And uh, I was like, I'm going to go apply. So I applied, got hired on the spot. And uh, from then there, it was just like, I fell in love with hospitality. Uh, You know, I never knew what I wanted to do growing up. I always like was like, I'm going to be a firefighter. I'm going to be a counselor. I'm going to be a, a pastor at one point, you know, like I, I went all these different routes and then finally getting into hotels was like, holy crap, like this is it. Hospitality is where I want to be. Um, so I stayed with that company for a couple of years, worked my way up, got to really know the, the brand standards and how, you know, hotels kind of function and operate. And then um, I wanted to learn more. I want, but at that big of a scale of a property, it was hard to get one-on-one mentorship especially at a young age and as such a huge busy property where everyone's having to move. Um, so I went to the Oregon coast, managed the independent properties and got to learn like more one-on-one stuff. And uh, to answer your question, that kind of helped me because my parents were starting their first short-term rental because they had a investment property that they wanted to make money off of. And I was like, Oh, this is like a one room hotel. Why don't I just teach you guys like, what we do here and you supply it to this. So they did. And it ended up really working out really good for them. And they still make a lot of good money off of that property today. So that's kind of a long story short for you. And then how'd you get into the <clears throat> scaled up the SDR side, right? Cause you were doing some crazy stuff like castles. And- yeah. Right. You mm-hmm. had a castle. That's, that's what I yeah. remember from the first time we met. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, interesting. It was kind of accident um, again through the podcast I saw this um, this castle property in near my hometown. And I was like, I've never heard of this thing. Why did I not know when I grew up, like my whole life there, uh, that this was there? And so I was like, yo, I want you guys to be on the podcast. And they they did. And then uh, that conversation just turned into always being in conversation. Like we were always talking about revenue and marketing and um, implementation of, you know, guest contracts and how all this stuff worked uh, on VRBO and Airbnb and and trying to get direct bookings and all this other stuff. And uh, eventually we all realized we were really compatible um, to, to move forward and into management company. And uh, that's when I was also a manager at this hotel in Seaside. And, um, you know, it was a crazy wild ride. Obviously uh, we, we had the, I, I'm no longer with that company. I sold my shares in November um, after COVID. I, I was on COVID orders for like six months for the Washington national guard. So you know, after realizing we wanted to do different things, we're like, Hey, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing, but we're going to go do our own thing separate. And, um, now, now my friend and, and business partner, Adam Knight, we're, uh, taking on this adventure of, uh, pursuing more short-term rental management. And we have about, uh, I would say three or four properties under contract and we're ready to rock and roll and scale up. 
Nice. Yeah, we've had Adam on the show probably two, three months ago. Great dude. Really like yeah. Adam. Yeah. Yeah, you had that vibe. And I was about to say, I'm like, I wonder if he knows Adam. And then you kind of just walked into it. Um, and it's the perfect thing, right? It's kind of, it's something that a little bit freaks me out when I go into like small-minded mindset. I'm like, if all these hospitality people, like premium brands, figure out what we've been up to and they just come into our industry with everything that they know from their years of training at like mm-hmm. high level, like Ritz Carlton kind of properties, they're going to destroy us. But there is plenty to go around. So I'm not that concerned. Um, yeah. But yeah, please don't come to Florida. No, I'm joking. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no. so, uh, what, what are you guys? So are you guys working on like larger properties kind of similar to running a castle is is that what your guys mo is going to be with you and adam or or what kind of properties are you guys going after yeah that's a good question and the one thing we've been asking ourselves and kind of answering throughout the beginning of the process of starting the company was what did we want to focus on did we want to go after every single thing that we could find or did we want to focus on certain niche um, type properties like a castle or mansion or whatever Um, but then for us the more we talked about, because Adam and I both have podcasts. He was actually my first podcast guest when I started the show over three years ago. Um, so it, we just kind of took every conversation we've ever had on the shows and, and just realized, look, we've learned so much from these experts and from people around the world that are just doing amazing things in their own way. Um, I wanted to always focus on kind of like what Mike said in the bio is that I want to exceed expectations and create destinations. So I really wanted to focus on high experiential properties. So something that like, whether it is a castle or a manage uh, or a mansion, or maybe a two bedroom apartment, as long as the destination is somewhere that we can find a way to create a curated and unique experience, that's where I wanted to focus. Um, And I know it's still pretty broad, but right now, like I just love using the example for the properties that we have, um, there's a coffee roaster. We have a bunch of uh, great local businesses. And as I've gotten to know the business owners, like the chiropractic uh, shop is a family ran company, but the owner actually has beehives and he like tends to bees and like has honey. And so we're able to do all this cool, unique experiences and focus on what the beauty of our destination provides. Um, So that's where we're, we're keeping our intentions and our goals at. So um, if that kind of helps explain the property could be huge, could be a beach house, it could be a two bedroom, but we want to focus on the destination and curating that really, I guess, strong connection with the community. Yeah. So for the, I'm curious on the approach for that, because <clears throat> it's almost like two different styles. There's a ton of them, right. To figure out for short-term rentals, like what's going to fit for you, but there's the mm-hmm. folks that go after mass units, right. Like we've had a ton of different guests on the show that have hundreds of units, you know, they're going at huge scale. And then like, you know, Bill Faith, our buddy from Clubhouse, we'll definitely have him on at some point. He just targets high-end beach houses that he's buying in like the Gulf Coast and making some serious money on those. For you guys, are you you basically focusing on kind of dominating a market, like really mastering a certain market, ideally larger, nicer homes? Uh, building those connections with all the local businesses, creating that unique experience and focusing on one core area and then maybe expand down the line. Is that kind of the approach that we're talking about? hundred percent. Yeah. So I'll explain the, the, the destination is, um, is actually my hometown. It's Camino Island. 
um, and Stanwood. So it's kind of like a little island in a, in a city connected right between Seattle and the Canadian border. So we have a unique um, demographic and geographic of, of travelers that come through. It's not a big town. It's not well known. Like if I told anybody, um, Hey, you know, have you heard of Stanwood, Washington? They're like, no, but if I, uh, if you, unless you're from here, like they'll, they'll understand or at least in a city surrounding. But um, for us, there's a, like what we've realized from data like AirDNA or other places that this is a, a pretty much an A-class market. There's nothing but good vacation homes because one, the summers out here are incredible. Uh, we're close to the beach and all the other drive to destination things that we've learned. Uh, Leavenworth is maybe couple hours away, two hour drive. Um, so you have that um, drive to destination for almost anything with these properties. And so then with that, we're gonna focus on owning this market and then continuing to see, uh, excuse me, where else in the PNW that we can expand as well as other high destination markets like Scottsdale, Arizona, or even Florida and E, I promise I won't come after you. I, I love you. So okay. if anything, we'll, do, we can we'll just get a property. I was gonna say, we'll just get a property together. Perfect. Yeah. We'll share resources. That's good. Perfect. That's awesome. I endorse this message. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the goal. The focus is on this market, and then as we expand and, and get a good portfolio here, we really want to see if we can kind of copy and, and paste into other destinations. Yeah. So with such a unique kind of property and kind of not super well-known markets, what is your guys, um, like how are you getting word out there? So is it are you still using Airbnb VRBO or is the focus very much using those as help, but then also crafting? Cause I assume just based on what you told me, you guys have in your direct booking website where you have the space to kind of tell what you guys are planning on doing and the kind of experience that you want to give people um, mm-hmm. that would be much more, um, it would be a higher uh, conversion rate over Airbnb because it's hard for you to tell what's special about our property to Airbnb unless those first five or six pictures are absolutely great. So why don't you tell us a, a little bit about that? How are you guys planning on? Yeah. Um, so you guys probably know this and I'm actually, I'm not probably, you guys do know this. Airbnb, Verbo, Expedia, all these OTAs, they spend a ton of money to get people on their site, like billions of dollars in advertising. So I'm not against letting them spend their money in order to get me traffic. Like I will 100%, I, we're on Airbnb, Verbo, we're on all these platforms. Uh, I will let them continue to spend the money. But our job is to, once that guest is booked, to understand like we word and message, like our automated messages and kind of our listing and how we communicate with the guest, that we're a professional company, that we're not a host. Um, so, you know, we don't say, think we're so excited to host you. We're so excited that you booked a recreation rentals property. Um, so we love, we love wording it. So that way they understand that this is something that's not just a one-off, um, type experience or property that if they stay with any of our properties, they'll get a consistent stay. And there's a brand behind, um, behind the, the listing. So I'm totally open for them, uh, to bring us business. We had, our job is to capture the guest information uh, via email, phone numbers, all that type of stuff in order to then market to them again in the future. Uh, we give out a discount code after they check out to come back with and stay with us uh, for 10% off, plus not having to pay guest service fees, all this type of stuff. Um, we put little um, QR codes with, you know, our, we have digital guidebooks. Uh, so we have QR codes in the, in the listings or the properties where they can actually see more about our brand and our story and kind of hopefully develop a 
a personal or emotional connection with what we're trying to do. Um, so that's our big focus. We do, you know, traditional advertisement as well. We've partnered with some local um, marketing companies out here that have a usually good emailing lists or audiences that they can, um, we can, you know, pay for advertising to try to draw traffic in as well. Um, but overall our customer acquisition cost is, is, you know, the Airbnb commission or whatever commission we pay through the OTA and then we capture them from there. For sure. For sure. Now for your, from your perspective, you, you have a unique perspective because you came from the hotel industry. <clears throat> then you started this podcast that had a lot of hotel guests and a mix of short-term rental stuff. What are some of the things that you took from specifically say the podcast where you're interviewing? Cause I know I learned so much just from having these interviews every single week. So mm-hmm. what are some of the nuggets that you've learned that it's almost like bridging the gap between the hotel and the STR space? Yeah. Well, that's exactly like the mission with the podcast. Uh, in the beginning, when I started it, it was to, I want to learn. So I want to learn more about RevPAR, ADR, all these certain terms and, and um, you know, things that we do in the industry of hotels. And then when, you know, having my parents' property was like, yeah, this is a one room hotel. This is really like very similar. There's a lot of commonalities between short-term rentals and hotels. Um, the, the image, as I've got more into the short-term rental industry, um, a lot of my podcast guests are in the short-term rental industry uh, compared to what it used to be with hotel guests. Um, what I've learned though, is that the hotel world kind of sees Airbnb or short-term rental still as that air mattress on, on, you know, the couch or in the living room or that unprofessional like start of how it was granted. Like it was a bunch of guys just pretty much couch surfing. Right. So they still kind of saw that, but now that homes and villas and all these other companies are coming out with their own version of short-term rentals, we're seeing that actually the industry is a way more professionalized segment of hospitality uh, than you would normally get back in, you know, 10 years ago when it first started. So the, with the podcast, it's just really been communicating that message and, and showing people, you know, like there's a lot of cool stories and there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been highlighted you see a lot of the main companies in the headlines all the time. Um, I, the podcast goal became to now let's highlight the the people that are doing cool things on both sides and how can we relate to one another when it comes to like fair regulations or when it comes to professionalism and systems and operations and, you know, hospitality as a whole, like that's the one thing I think the short-term rental side can learn is just understanding this, like, yeah, as a scalable business and you can get hundreds of properties in a really short period of time, but you are the people business. This is like where you're supposed to curate moments and experiences and, and understand that people are going to have memories at your property for probably the rest of their life, whether it's good or bad. So um, that's where I've been just trying to go and just kind of communicate that message that there is a, there's a lot of commonalities, but we can all learn from each other. And I think the more we go with that approach, the industry of travel and hospitality will be better off in the future anyways. If that makes sense. Yeah, no. And I think, I think you and I kind of clicked originally when we first started talking on clubhouse, because I'm very much the same way, right? Like I, I love taking care of people and I'm into people's business. And I felt mm-hmm. my, my, cause I have a lot of, on my side, I have a lot of real estate people, right? Because having having a real estate team down here in South Florida, we help a lot of real estate investors kind of transition from landlord to hospitality. And the big switch is is what you just kind of talked about is understanding, okay, 
you're still dealing with people by the way that landlords deal with people and the way that we deal with people as hosts is completely different, right? So mm-hmm. if you have, and I'm doing this <laughs> kind of selfishly so I can refer back to this podcast, right? But if you have a client that does not get that kind of like you have to create a moment, right? What are some things that that you can kind of advise people? Like what are some little tricks that maybe people can implement to kind of create a moment in their property, right? To make it. Yeah. Um, so I think from what you're saying, like if I have an owner who's very, you know, ROI focused, right? Compared to um, good review slash returning customer focus. If that, if, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So right. like, I, I focus on what they focus on. Like for for the investor that's like, hey, I need this property to make at least this much a month or this much a year. Um, I don't care how you do it. Make sure that I'm getting a check every month. Great. That's fine. My job is easy. If I'm just giving them a check every month, I prefer it that way because I personally will be giving the, the curated experiences uh, with myself and my team. Um so if the, if I have an owner who's really not doesn't want to hear me talk about curating moments and implementing cool ways to like understand that travelers say certain things or they might drop hints on why they're coming to town, so you can kind of pick up on that and pull out more information. And then all of a sudden, when Mike and his wife show up and it's actually their anniversary, but they haven't told uh, us directly, but they're just saying they're getting a weekend away. Well, they walk in and I'm going to have a nice curated uh, local bottle of wine or, you know, preferably a drink that I can kind of pull out a mic and say, hey, like, I know your wife booked, but I want to ask you, like, are you guys here for anything special? There's just certain things that you can do um, in order to to go that one extra step. I'm all about automating. So like when the guests book, they get, you know, a message and all this other stuff right away. But now I have the systems in place so where I can focus on these things. I don't have to worry about, you know, is all my listings and bookings and calendar synced. I can focus on, okay, Mike's wife booked, but I actually have Mike's uh, phone number here. So I can just text him like, Hey, anything special you guys are doing? Or is this just really a, a, a relaxing weekend? And if he's like, Hey, it's a relaxing weekend. Cool. I'll go to the local spa and, and see if any of the massage therapists or um, anybody has a, a great uh, you know package that I could leave with them. So that way they actually can focus on relaxing. Um, so it's just kind of just taking that little detail that people may give you um, and then, and then expanding on it, pulling out more information. You can do it secretively and be like, Oh, maybe it's their anniversary and go on, a, go out on a whim. But you know, that might be awkward if it's not an anniversary. Uh, but it's just kind of being more intentional with how you have the conversation with your guests. Listen, buddy, I'll never turn down a massage. You want to hook me up with a massage? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, well, we'll get you hooked up. I got a couple good ones uh, set up. So um, and that's, that's kind of what I was trying to pull out earlier. Right. Cause it's, <clears throat> I've always been more focused on the process and systems and like the business side of things and like scaling mm-hmm. you and E are more similar and focusing on that experience. And that's why I was saying like, it doesn't take a lot. If you provide that type of experience, it does not take a lot of units whatsoever mm-hmm. to make a good amount of income and have a really cool business. Like you could have a handful of those and make really good money with the right properties because you're providing that Ritz experience for somebody that they will come back to you forever. Like yeah. they show up and there's like, a free massage and a thing about their anniversary. Like they're like, this guy is unbelievable. Like yeah. we'll definitely, and if they don't come back, they're definitely going to send their friends to stay there. Yeah. You know and I, mean? I think you totally different, almost like a different model. 
Yeah, no, hundred percent. And, and we obviously want to scale, like that's really important and optimizing our, our operations and everything like that is in a, in a focus, but we just don't advertise or showcase that to, you know, on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, because that's our, our business side, but for everybody else, we want them to show that we are intentionally being really curated moment focused. And I think you guys will get this if you, I'm pretty sure you guys are Gary V fans. Um, so Gary V, you know, they like got this guy buy like $600 worth of or $60 worth of wine with their wine company. They found out through his social media that he was a big, you know, let's say something, whatever sports fan of a certain player. Uh, I, I don't remember what it was, but um, they sent him a signed jersey by that player of that team that he loved. And they were like, oh, this is going to be a great testimonial for our business. Oh, my gosh, this is going to be awesome. And they never heard anything. The guy never posted, never tagged them, never nothing. And then all of a sudden, three months later, they get an order for $6,000 worth of wine. And in the notes, the special note says, hey, you sent my buddy a jersey signed by his favorite player um, from his favorite team. I'm a big New uh, New York Giants fan. And like, that's it. But they got $6,000 worth of wine purchased from just that little thing that was a $60 purchase. So like you just said, if I can do a great like spa package or something curated and special for you, I may not get that in the review or make or get you to book with me, you know, a month later, but I'm pretty sure you're going to tell people, you know, that you know that you had a good experience and if it may not be in the next year or two, but if you think of it and you bring it up, then again, you have someone that stays with me because of that story, then that's kind of the, that's the goal. 100%. That happens so often. Like I, I've done that so often that people don't acknowledge it, but just because people don't acknowledge it, but it doesn't mean, but the thing is this, right? To me, what I've noticed is that it's kind of a catch 22 because if you do things just to be acknowledged, then you're not going to do it for the longevity. Whereas, Mm -hmm. and Gary V talks about this, right? It's like do stuff with no expectation behind it and then just keep doing it, delivering, delivering, delivering. And, and you don't know the impact that you make and you don't know where you're going to plant yourself in the back of somebody's mind. Mm-hmm. But as long as you keep doing it and you do it across the board, it just becomes who you are. And then sooner or later, it has to pay off. Yeah. Um, so what, what would you say it's something that... Um, you have brought into this business from your hospitality background that helps you every day man that's actually a shoot that's a hard one um i don't know to be honest like when i got into the hotel side of things back when i was like 20 um i i just got out of like basic training and ait for the national guard so like i had this like I don't know, deep sense of like attention to detail. And I don't think I ever lost that. Um, so I can't really contribute it to the hotel side of things when I first started. But I think for me, just having that consistent attention to detail and I guess consistency of acting on, on taking action. And like, I always hated when I first started was when like, oh yeah, well, like people would write something down. So I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Like, we'll do it later. It's like, we have the time right now. Like we have the time, like, let's just do it. <laughs> Like, why are you writing it down saying you're going to follow up with this guest later when literally there's nobody in the lobby, there's nobody calling on the phones. Like, let's just follow up with that guest. Just go do it. So I think um, for me, those are the two things I've always kind of carried. It's like the attention to detail and then just kind of acting on things when you have the time. Granted, like if, you know, 
I'm working and I'm doing, you know, stuff with a client or an owner, um, I'm not, I'm not going to be rude and like start doing stuff while they're talking to me, but while they're talking to me, I will be taking on that right after that call. If I don't have another meeting, I'm immediately like going in into our software or doing any kind of changes that we, we talked about just because if you have the time to do it. So that's how I've learned to like not have this long to-do list that continues to drag on and drag on and push and push and push day after day. Um, so that, I don't know if that answers your question, but those yeah, have helped yeah, me yeah. a lot. You, you would hate me. Like I, my life is always like, I'll do that later. Like I just, <laughs> but then I have a lot of anxiety, right? Like that, that's, that's the, that's the other side of that coin is that you live in this constant state of anxiety that you're mm-hmm. like, you have so much stuff to do. Um, that's so funny. Yeah. No, efficiency it's, uh, is key. It's literally yeah. everything, especially when you're growing. Mm-hmm. I'm all about efficiency, mm-hmm. yeah. but um I want to be respectful of your time. I just realized we're like flying. We're almost out of our time here, but um, why don't you, I want you to plug your, you know, the new management company and where people can find you, you know, the different podcasts, cause you're all over the place. I want to make sure everybody knows where to go to learn more about what you were up to and everything with you and Adam. So yeah. let's get that in there right now. For sure. Yeah. So my main podcast is Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, where I interview other industry experts and professionals in hospitality as a whole, restaurants, hotels, vacation rentals, you name it. Um, we have a morning show called Good Morning Hospitality. And then Adams and I's uh, company is called Recreation Rentals, based out here in Washington State. Um, you can find us at recreationstays.com. Uh, and I'm already putting it out there that it's very like owner acquisition focus it's not like travel focused yet so we're kind of just trying to get very uh we're trying to appeal to to owners to give us more inventory and then as we have more inventory we're going to shift it to a more traveler guest focused but um that's just a little that's actually a real me. good thing to hit on real quick so from your experience working with a lot of different hospitality experts and i've had side conversations with mark simpson about this <clears throat> do you have is the plan to have one website that focuses on both B2B acquisitions for new properties and renting out those units, like a direct booking site, or do you mm-hmm. keep them separate? Um, so right now we actually have them both. So like if you go into recreation stays, it's very owner focused, but, and there's a book direct or a book now button anyways, that goes to our PMS, which is allowing us to get direct bookings. Um, so like we have that, but like I said, as we get more inventory, I think we're just going to create a more guest centric traveler focus to become the home. And then we'll have like a link down at the bottom. That's more towards owner acquisition. We'll keep it the same, but we're just going to have the face of it be the guest centric. Once we get more inventory. Um, I don't see why confusing things and having two separate ones. Um, That's just me though. I like, you know, if I can make a seamless guest facing experience after having a certain amount of inventory, Um, any owners that are interested in possibly, you know, giving us their property uh, is going to be impressed with that page. And then we'll give them an option to go see our more B2B acquisition side uh, where they could see the professionalism and operations and seeing that we're not just a shiny uh, advertisement uh, for, for guests, but we're actually an efficient professional operator on the back end. Mm -hmm. Love it. That was a great question, Mike, because I've been wondering about that too. Yeah. Well, before we get to the last question, I just want to acknowledge you, man. Like you're just a genuinely awesome person that's super giving and you're always looking for ways to give back and like help people out. And I know you're super active in our short-term rental secrets, Facebook group, always trying to help people like 
you're just a giver, man. And I truly appreciate you for that. And I want to honor you for that. Um, the last question that we last, that we ask all of our guests is what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals? Yeah. Ooh, I love that question. I love that. Um, our number one secret, I think just for me personally, um, from my experience and kind of like my journey, I think the more consistent I've been with what I'm doing and the message I'm trying to get across and like my goals and, and vision, the more consistent I am with that, the more things actually fall into place than I ever could have imagined. Like the more consistent I've been with the podcast, the more consistent I've been with focusing on the management company and how we're going to operate and seeing that, like he was saying, I never record training videos, but like the fact that I need to start recording these now before I even get a team, like I'm trying to be as consistent as possible in my actions. So that way, when things like that do come uh, more inventory, you know, maybe outside of this market and we, we scale um, the, the more successful, successful it will be. So, yeah, I think consistency. Consistency and clarity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's one no thing. Procrastinating I, and not saying do it later. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just a couple, just a, just a list off a few. I'd yeah, love. no, I love him. I love that. Well, as always, I truly appreciate you. I always enjoy our conversations. Make sure you guys follow Will on Clubhouse too, because he's always on there as well. Just trying to add as much value as possible. Um, make sure you click all of his links. We'll have them linked down in the show notes below. Follow this guy, shoot him a message. If you're in the Pacific Northwest, stay at one of his properties because you know you're going to get a dynamite experience. Like he's just giving you a slight peek behind the curtain. <laughs> and, you know, I know Will and Adam, he and I both do, and they're just class act awesome people that I guarantee you if you stay at one of their properties, it's going to be dynamite. Like I guarantee it. Like I will personally vouch for both of them. So <laughs> you guys definitely want to check them out. And uh, again, man, thank you for being here. I truly appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you guys for doing what you're doing as well. I think it's important that we have more people educating the industry and doing things like this. So it's really great. Uh, if you do go to my podcast, check out Mike's episode. It's one of the best ones that we've had. Just not saying that because I'm on your show, but it's actually one of my favorites to refer back to. So thanks for having me. And you guys are awesome. I love connecting with you. Absolutely. Our pleasure, brother. Thanks, bro. See you soon. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.